Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Alex Botkin, and we're going to talk about the song We Live in a Dump, collected on Cast Your Pod to the Wind. Hanging out while the monkeys type away. This song feels very fitting for the world <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. This whole damn place is a dump. But I'm I'm very glad to be here. Uh I've done a lot of like podcasts about my own band and it's fun to finally be able to talk about one of my favorite <laughs> bands. Uh, not not that my own band is one of my favorite bands, but uh <laughs> You you got to like uh, your own if you don't like your own band, you know, how can you expect anyone else to? That's true, but They Might Be Giants is, is like the nerdy, uh, uh, I guess like the most like, I don't know, it's probably one of my favorite bands, so this is something I'm really excited about. Yeah, it's been super cool talking to some of my favorite musicians about my favorite band, talking to favorite bands about another favorite band, you know, finding that common point between someone who, me, just some regular guy, and like these other musicians I look up to. And then they look up to the Mighty Giants, and it's a whole crazy little you know network that's been building here of uh, you know unearthing people that are into they might be giants who you may or may not suspect would be. Uh, did you find out about the podcast through the um, Mike Park of Asian Man Records through his uh, episode? I did. He recommended that I reach out uh, back. I guess. A long time ago. A long time ago, late 2019 or something like that. And I'm um, so, oh, so sorry. Oh, no worries. <laughs> uh, some some things have happened. I've done some touring in between then and stuff. But yeah, Mike Park and I, what you were talking about, kind of this whole bringing people together on kind of a weird common ground surprising thing is Mike Park and I, The first one of the first bonding things we did was talking about They Might Be Giants. Oh, yeah. And I had brought up the idea a few times of doing like a cover set for fest, which was the original plan of doing a, they might be giants thing in Gainesville. And Mike said, you should just come do a recording thing. 
And then while we were doing that, he brought up this podcast and uh, told me about the Everything Right is Wrong Again episode you did with him. Mm -hmm. And listen to that. Really loved it. It's kind of just the need like the need of that nerd music fan in me <laughs> that i kind of always wanted to fulfill um so i've listened to a bunch of it since then i Thanks. was looking through uh and saw i think the only other one that you've done off cast your pod to the wind was i'm your boyfriend now that's correct so i'm excited to jump in and look at this kind of bizarre compilation <laughs> a little bit more i'm glad it's so good yeah, I'm really happy that I've chose this song, but I like preparing in the days leading up to this, I was thinking like, man, I picked one that's like a real tough deep cut to like think about and stuff. <laughs> so I've listened to this song probably fifty or sixty times in the last couple of days. But yeah, and you picked it good. in the uh, you picked it in the before times, and now it uh, seems even more yeah fitting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> before we get into uh, this song, and, and just in case people don't know, this was uh, the companion disc to the Else. I think it was only limited to a certain amount of copies of it, but it's widely available on Spotify and stuff like that now. Um, people who haven't heard it, it is great. And I've made the point before that um, if they had put out Cast Your Pod to the Wind these days, they probably would have called it a proper album because it's right along the lines of like foam power and my murdered remains where they're like, we've got all these other songs let's just plunk them together. And there's another album. I think it, it stands up to those other kind of uh, leftovers, quote unquote albums that are greats, but kind of their own kind of just like mishmash of different songs. So yeah. Um, so it lines up in timing with the else uh, for people who don't know, but let's uh, tell the people about your, fandom of they might be giants so i um oh and I how old are you may i ask yeah so that's actually what i was gonna say i'm 23 so i was 10 when this song came out uh <laughs> i am definitely on the younger side of most they might be giants fans that have been on this podcast oh uh, well hey i just had a young irish fellow on his episode's gonna release in a week as of our recording 16 oh man yeah uh -oh. so so yeah you're not the youngest sorry but still i quit still a young a young chap <laughs> so yeah so how'd uh yeah how'd you find out about them uh youngster yeah so my my parents uh are who do i blame for everything that i listen to musically i think i lucked out in that they were really open to me kind of exploring everything that they listened to and one of my dad's favorite bands uh was they might be giants and still is nice and he played me flood a lot i think my earliest memories is hearing like the theme and ball and chain and all that when i was probably about four <laughs> and that that kind of substituted for like the you know lullabies and young sing song sort of stuff <laughs> i was a little too old when the kids albums started coming out to kind of get into those exactly at the right point sure uh but when i was in first grade mammal was one of the songs that my first grade teacher would sing every week to the class oh and get us God. to sing along <laughs> and so i've done it with my they, first graders a fellow yeah. cool uh was it music teacher or your classroom teacher? It was Mammal. just my classroom teacher. and uh, That's so awesome. 
she's also been someone that through they might be giants i've stayed in contact with i've seen her at some of the shows i've gone to Aww. up until a couple of years ago and it's adorable uh yeah it's been sort of that thing of not like conditioned to love but i've known they might be giants more than almost anything might like they've been just a consistency yeah. in music throughout my entire life more than probably any other band so you don't and remember a time before they might be giants i don't <laughs> and That's <pretty> i sweet. <laughs> yeah i it's really shaped who i am uh in many positive ways and i'm sure some negative ways yeah i <laughs> i no i've i I think that band has not only influenced my musical tastes in listening, but how I play music and approach music and uh, approach writing in general. And it's grown with me to, I guess, where, you know, my favorite album has changed a lot. And they're one of those bands that part of the reason I'm so excited to talk about this song and one of the newer songs is they're one of the few bands that I listened to when I was a kid that I feel has not dropped off in quality as much as a lot of other bands i listened to mm -hmm. i was really muse back in 2007 and bands like that that were really good for a couple albums and just sort of faded off of it and they might be giants part of what kept my lifelong love for them going was every time like in every couple years uh an album would become my you know new favorite join us did that and nanobots did that and then I Like Fun is still, I think, my most played They Might Be Giants album now. I listen to that one, I think, every day wow. for like a year and a half it's since it came out. It's so, Eclipse the Others and Play Counts, you think? Shockingly, yes. So uh, wow. I go into this podcast thinking this band can do almost no wrong in terms of music. So <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> We Live in a Dump is a song that... I very distinctly remember when I saw them for the first time at the Stern Grove Festival, which is a free outdoor concert in San Francisco in, I think, 2009, mm, mm -hmm. around then, right before Join Us came out. Uh, and I remember it very distinctly because it was like Flansburg pre-facial hair, kind of in that period, <laughs> right before he started growing his goatee back out. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I remember I knew it uh, I knew Anna Ng and Birdhouse and some of the bigger songs Istanbul but didn't know too many of the deep cuts but they introduced We Live in a Dump as we couldn't remember the lyrics so we had to refer to our own Wikipedia page <laughs> uh, to find the lyrics for it to so we'll wiki. see how this goes <laughs> and then they played it they played it great and I had always kind of like oh that was interesting and so I went home and looked up that song and that sort of is what spiraled into me diving deeper into their back catalog was we live in a dump and that live performance. So nice. it's a pivotal song for me. And that's why I'm, I'm very excited about this. So as, as uh, a young sir and a, a punk rocker, are you one of those guys that has like everything on vinyl by TMVG? Uh, I've, I've bought it sporadically. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I am someone that does buy vinyl a lot. I'm not someone that's gone back and been like hardcore collecting. They might be giants. I have what's come out through the instant fan club for the last few years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the one thing that I really wanted was the uh, wiggle disc. 
<laughs> and so my freshman year of college, I used all the money I earned that year to buy one. Oh, wow. Can I ask how much? <laughs> uh, I think I bought it at a low point of like 75. Hmm. I felt like I, I lucked out. Okay. It was like my first job and I had no sense of what savings were, smart <laughs> financial decisions. So I thought, oh, I'll buy a flexi disc. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I'm missing. I'm missing a lot on vinyl, partially because my parents uh, never bought vinyl for a lot of the older stuff. They just bought CDs, and those yeah. for me have just felt like good enough for now. Once I move out, I'm sure it'll kind of upstart again, and I'll buy everything that is in the past. But nothing wrong with know. CDs, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But I was just thinking that I don't think the else has ever been issued on vinyl it was kind of in that between time where i mean it was still the cd era but vinyl hadn't fully had its resurgence yet and yeah i but if not the ca- cast your pies of the wind has most definitely never those songs have most definitely never been on vinyl no i mean i'm looking on the website think- here on merch direct and uh there's not an option for vinyl on the else yeah. I think yeah, I think join us or that might have been the first one that I remember buying as like a new release final. Uh and I yeah, I think you're right on stuff like I think everything kind of from like Mink Car and the Spine up until about Join Us. I don't know if any of those have vinyl. According to Amazon, it says the else it it's it's showing a listing for vinyl. But it seems to be, it says, currently unavailable. I don't know, maybe some of these other places have it. Maybe it did exist and is out of print, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I got the Else on CD where it had the the bonus disc. Yeah. So the Else, which is a fucking fantastic album as it is, had a whole other album of great stuff. So that was was a good time. And it was another one of those very prolific periods for the band, which... Not that they've ever been not prolific, but it's these chunks of time where they'll just like put out a bajillion songs. And mm-hmm. uh, 2006, 2000, leading into 2007 was one of those times. Yeah, we live in a dump. So this was first, uh, well, the f- so there's a demo version. Uh, it was heard in 2006 on podcast Let's see, podcast 48. It had been heard in a quote-unquote podcast version on podcast 6A, and then later they released the demo version, and it was also, uh, it was on Dial-A-Song. It had the um, distinction of being the last song to be featured on the original 718-387-6962 number before that number was disconnected. So that's a neat little tidbit there from the wiki. But... So I'm kind of doing like air quotes and stuff like that because I'm there's, I'm seeing on the wiki that there's different versions, the demo version and the podcast 6A version. I'll go ahead and drop in um, the demo version from podcast 48 right here. Hanging out while the monkeys type away. Wake me 
from my dream I was individualistic They kicked me off the team We live in a dump And it is a dump Our friends are all nuts And half of them drunks And if they're not nuts Then they're retired nuts And that might be the hardest nut But then I went ahead and listened to the one that um, it says that the podcast version and the demo and the podcast version sound pretty much exactly the same to me. Could you hear any differences? No, I think the only thing like you noted was the dun 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 piano ending was removed. But yeah, yeah, I think it was end. exactly the same. And the, the, the one thing I was wondering is that um, I don't know if you caught this. I was wondering if that piano ending was was actually not that it wasn't recorded, but that it was removed on accident. Because if you listen, both in, both on the podcast and on the upload someone put on YouTube, it goes, we live in a dump, and then there's a little, ah, there's a weird little noise. And if they're not stand, they're retired nuts, and that might be the hardest nut. We live in a dump. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did. Yeah, my guess is probably yeah. Either it it faded out too fast, or like the other song came in too quickly, or something got kind of. I mean, unless their artistic intention was kind of have like suspenseful ending, like a, a squashed rodent or something. <laughs> right. But I even listened like in the context of that podcast that it was on the um. Let's see the one. So the demo one is one that gets the piano in and cut off, but then on the podcast one, the little piano thing is still on there. But yeah, even within the podcast episode that the demo was played on, it still has that little little gap of space and then ah, and then like the podcast comes back in. So it's very bizarre. I'm wondering if they're the exact same version. It's just there was some editing mistake on the podcast on their mm-hmm. end. But it's weird because, like, the wiki, uh, it says that the podcast version has more harmony vocals, less reverb. Um, they kicked me off the team instead of someone kicked me off the team. But I listened to both versions within the different podcasts, Podcast 48 and Podcast 6A, and they both say they kicked me off the team. I do not hear a single version that says someone kicked me off the team. I'm not hearing yeah. any differences in reverb. I don't know. My assumption was from reading that either that the dial a song version possibly was different and there's they're referring to like a different file by mistake or they remember it just differently than it actually was but yeah cause... but this dial song is supposed to be the one that's on podcast 48, yeah but they, they sound the same i mean so i don't know supposedly two different versions were put out there on on different episodes of their podcast in 2006 but uh they sound the same to me but either way what do you think of that demo version of uh, We Live in a Dump? It's interesting. Uh, I definitely don't prefer it over the final version. Sure. Uh, for me, uh, the keys of songs tend to have a big effect, especially probably if I hear the original and then hear a change. Uh, and I'm pretty used to it being in, I think, D major yeah. for the original. The final version is in D. This one's down a step in C on the demo. The the biggest change is part of what makes this song one of my like favorites to kind of obsess over is stuff like the harmonies uh, on the waiting in my room all day line where you have one that's holding and one that cascades kind of downward. Yeah. And the lack of those harmonies in the demo 
makes it feel a little less i want to say sort of almost like 60s beatlesy kind of mm-hmm. pop mm-hmm. and it it's more kind of uh garage rock or just kind of alternative more uh straightforward sure. one vocalist it doesn't feel as much like a they might be giant song okay. as the final one does you can hear he's um he's starting to work out those harmonies like there is a little yeah. bit of the um waiting in my room all day but then it doesn't do the descending part like he yeah. he there's some of that harmony but it doesn't do that cool descending part like you're saying dang that little thing yeah. is so so sweet yeah. My my guess with this is I think it was all done by Flansburg. The drums are a little mm-hmm. low in the mix, but I believe they're programmed. The bass is definitely fake bass because you can hear it, like, especially before that second verse. Just the dart, 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 dart. I'm yeah. like, that is not real bass. That is some keyboard, you know, dart, dart, dart. And the other thing was, <laughs> I, I think. Um, Flans might be playing the keyboards and stuff too, and none of this, the credits are not listed on the wiki for either of these versions. But it sounds like almost like he was dragging and dropping MIDI stuff to put in mm-hmm. the keyboards, or like he quantized the hell out of it because the like leading up to the the chorus there's like a ding ding there's like this piano thing that's like and like it's like way too like machine gun repetitive to be mm-hmm. human. And I don't know how much you've worked with MIDI, but people probably don't know what quantizing is. And that's where you've got your MIDI data. They look like all these little rectangles uh, assigned to the different notes you've played. And you can kind of select some or select them all. And you tell it basically to fix your rhythms by just like snapping it into the grid. So you can get this like robotically perfect rhythm and that's yeah. what it sounds like leading up to that chorus <laughs> right before the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can hear there's like some really not bass but like rumbling low synth that exactly like what you're saying with quantizing it perfectly mimics the keyboard that's happening and it just sounds yeah too perfect it's interesting to me looking at the demo versus the original or the final version I guess mm-hmm. um, and how the biggest change is you have Linnell playing on everything, but you still don't have Linnell doing the backups on anything for the song. As far as I can, as far as I can tell, listening really closely, they don't like doing um, that much anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, in terms of vocals, I think that that's the thing that carries over the most, but yeah, the piano, and if you listen, if you listen live to the the at large version, at least yeah, they we'll sort that. of have to mm-hmm. they have to mimic that almost that the piano comes in right at the verse, and it it seems yeah. like it it was something that maybe it was a happy accident from the quantizing and really kind of carried into it, but but if I'm remembering correctly, the cast your pot to the wind version, it's really barely there. Yeah. And I mean again they're the the kind of guys that talk about this a lot where they don't feel like they need to be playing all the time and if they don't feel like their instrument is adding anything to the song they're not going to play just to play, you know, they'll lay out. And I feel like maybe on maybe live, you know, Linnell wants to be playing that part, but on the the final Cast Your Pod version it's like barely there. Mostly the piano focus you get is those like real low low notes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Oh, also in the demo, the uh, the woo, like the ghostly synth sound on the demo is like so in your face. It is just so <laughs> hot in the mix and obnoxious. I kind of love it, but it mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes more sense where it ended up in the uh, final one. And I think Linnell finessed it so it sounds a little smoother, kind of a little more theremin-y in the uh, final version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, the whole the whole demo sounds like I mean it sounds like a demo. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was Flange just doing everything. Programming it, doing the the guitar cuz there's a little less guitar. Um or at least not two guitars. I think there's only one guitar track. Um so it feels very demo-y, but I mean most of it is there and I, even the uh those backups are already there which is a key key part of this song for me yeah that's one of the best (laughs) part i think uh they can um the whole sort of not yeah not beatles but like 60s pop sort of thing and one of the things that caught me out of that song was the (laughs) part and it's such a charming little thing of how something that i kind of want to touch on as well of like the use of the vocals in this one, especially with the pacing and that of just the vocals as sort of an instrument rather than like a lyrical transport method Mm -hmm. uh, that you see with like, not only with how sort of staccato and kind of timed up exactly with each hit you have uh, the main vocal happening, but all these kind of vocal flourishes going on that aren't just like a harmony on the lyric. It's like this fun, like extra sort of additional part that, really builds it out and the vocals uh are i think the key thing you get from the final version mm-hmm. as you said the keyboard's not really or the piano's not really that obvious and everything's kind of blended together except the vocals are really prominent and the harmonies are so great on it mm-hmm. and i think that's why the demo version to me just yeah ultimately is just lackluster um and doesn't have the same kind of magic that the final one has yeah, so let yeah, let's keep that rolling and talking about now focusing on the cast your pod to the wind version. Um, we've already touched on a lot of this stuff, but before we get to lyrics, let's talk about more um, of our favorite musical elements. And have you ever tried playing this song on guitar or anything? It's it's hard. Uh, it was on the list of of covers uh, for the the. EP that my band did of They Might Be Giant songs, and we kept trying to work it out. <laughs> um, and it it's sort of simple. Uh, it's not too tricky chord-wise. The thing that always tricks me up is I would try to sing it and then play it, and trying to match kind of the complex vocals with the guitar pattern uh-huh. was pretty difficult. Uh, I don't think it, it was too much beyond kind of d g b minor a sort of stuff except for the the kind of modulation that you have in the pre-chorus yeah Um, yeah that's the interesting part because there is a lot of it that is very very much right in that 60s pop and kind of power pop vein where it's the the d a g a d a g a but yeah those pre-choruses and also it's it's the intro uh i mean most of the song is pretty firmly in d major but then you get these like these little sliding half steps from C sharps and 
B flats and all this stuff that's not in the key of D. Um, so again, it's the Giants just like going out. This is the stuff when I'm songwriting, I have trouble breaking out of the key signatures because I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, these are the rules. <laughs> I know it's rock and roll, but there are <laughs> rules, man. <laughs> this isn't jazz. This is pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's something that if anyone who tries to cover it will quickly learn is they're very kind of, you know, they have this goofy sort of musicality on the surface, but it's really complicated. They're really good. And I'm sure this has been said on the podcast a lot before, but like they're have these inversions and those like half step chord changes, like, you know, the kind that go right. And it like shifts Uh into that weird, almost not, I'm not good enough a theory to say like if it's minor or something like that, but it shifts into that that gives it this darker sort of energy for a moment, and it blows my mind. And yeah, I I've never been able to write something that's kind of that uh, bold for that short of a time of just like oh a little sidestep, yeah. and then we're back to the main thing. It's not <laughs> like the whole song has these kind of one section's this, one section's this. It's just like oh for two bars we're going to do something really bizarre, and we're going to go straight back to the kind of bas- main melody. And uh, and for a song that's just like a minute and forty seconds, especially to have that happen as mm-hmm. much as it does is kind of incredible. Of just so much is packed into this. It's you know a five minute song maybe sure, but like under two minutes. And you have so much going on. And it's yeah. kind of why like I backed away from trying to cover it because it felt it, it felt like one, it was ambitious, but two, I there's so much creativity in it. I don't know how much I could have really changed on it. Um yeah, you know, this song, though, it, it might have been almost too easy to turn it into a pop-punk song. That's true. There are, there are certain moments, and that's not, not saying, like, yeah, the, the chord, the little chord things are... are uh, yeah, you got the palm muting right there. And then there's the part when it gets to... Okay, so like the chorus is kind of climbing up with the melody, and I love that. What's good about that? Here lay eggs. In the head, and it keeps going. It keeps going up, and then it gets that. There's that one little, little skip. That little rest where it lands on a two, and let's see. Uh, so yeah, like, yeah. So uh, and <laughs> and if they're not nuts, they're retired yeah. nuts. And I'm just imagining this like newfound glory, tight little <laughs> pop punk jump, <laughs> right where the guitars do a little jump. <laughs> and if they're not nuts, jump. And then you hit that too, right when it comes down, right? Can you picture that? <laughs> oh, I have to try that now. That's great. That's a perfect idea. <laughs> this is every time I hear that, just, you know, and the drums is a big crash. I know, you, right need, too. you need like a double bass, just quick fill kind of thing or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I mean, some of those little half step stuff that it kind of fits into like, I mean, there's a pretty common pop punk trick with like I, don't know, I feel like alkaline trio did a lot back early in the day where you're doing your power chord right with your you know with your pointer and and ring finger pointer and pinky and then you just slide your you slide your pointer finger down a half step to mm-hmm. get that little crunch right as you go down and so i feel like this this song here it's just like it's it's a pop punk song just with a, a little lighter on the guitars 
Yeah, if I can get Mike Park to sing it, I'll do it. That's going to be my rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's that's true. I think uh, that would be the best way to go about it, kind of weirdly dumb it down almost in a little bit of a, a pop right. fun kind of way. But I think right. that would be that would be great. Just need some, like, classic, like, what's up, Warped Tour kind of vocals going over the... Uh, <laughs> and in the I, video, he, you'll be swinging your guitars around on the strap, exactly. just swinging them around your body. <laughs> Do the the kind of root octave uh, chords for the ba da 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 and just have that be kind of like that guitar lead sort of some forty one sound. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, those octaves. Uh, I think probably my f- my favorite guitar part in uh, this final version is in the uh, let's see, yeah, the making plans verse. Mm. You've got a guitar in each ear doing just these single notes that are kind of like almost this, um, geez, I don't know, like, I don't know if proggy is the right word, but kind of this weird, like, um, you know, keep just dropping all these dorky bands in here, but I'm thinking like a Coheed and Cambria type thing where you're just like, just got these weird sustained notes, and it's just one note on each guitar, but they're making harmony in each ear that's just this dorky kind of proggy punk kind of feel to it i think it's kind of has like a sort of like kind of early 90s uh primus almost vibe like (laughs) kind of on like damn blue color tweakers or something where you just have kind of those sustained guitar notes while everything else is kind of happening around it Mm -hmm. um where it's like yeah lead but not quite and i think it i i love that part and i think you're right it sits perfectly kind of where it is with the stereo kind of panning and doesn't get in the way of everything but it's again that little spice of flavor that gets kind of that spooky darkness sort of into the song on mm-hmm. probably you know overall pretty upbeat sort of yeah D D major kind of thing and it's weird like has it does it either has like a lot of sustain I don't think it has echo or delay on it but I think it has just like pretty kind of it's a little bit more distorted than the rest Mm -hmm. of the track and yeah it's again pop punk kind of thing would be perfect yeah again right you'd be holding your guitar up and like yeah maybe just doing hammer-ons you know you're like i'm not even picking dude look at this (laughs) (laughs) and i i think there's musicality elements uh that i've when thinking about this song in more in depth that you come back to also sort of that bum, 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 bum that you see in earlier, they might be giant songs with syncopation uh, or synchronization between the vocals and sort of that rhythm part in the songs, kind of like dinner bell and earlier things that have kind of that piano, like I've been leaving all my things. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have that sort of synchronized sound that you see on wheel. We live in a dump as well. And, uh, it's something they haven't used too much, but something they do really well. And thinking, I listening to Dinner Bell, and there's a lot of kind of similarities of the sort of musicality of those. Mm. But I could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard to compare any they might be giant song to each other, but I think in in looking for sort of ones that kind of were reminiscent from farther back, that's kind of what came to mind. But sure. Yeah, I digress. Yeah, no, I think just yeah, like the the very insistent quarter note pulse, just like that four on the floor kind of feel, and uh, and then kind of breaking into these ascending melodies. I think they they Mm -hmm. do have those in common. Um, 
But yeah, those quarter notes. Again, it's just something like live, you know, the pop punk band, everyone would be pounding, you know, fists in the air, dun, 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 or getting the crowd to clap, dun, 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 right? While the guitars <laughs> get to sit out for a minute, then they get to egg yeah. on the crowd. <laughs> this is the perfect warp tour song. <laughs> And then Flans jumps out into the crowd and surfs. <laughs> I know. The, when I saw it on the At Large tour, I saw them, I guess the Join Us tour that would have been when they were doing the kind of ape, 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 people, 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 <laughs> sort of back and forth battle. And you could just time it with that, like, ape, 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 ape. <laughs> <laughs> so just, yeah. you just need the, the like bridge breakdown section. <laughs> Or it's just the kick and bass, and then you just have that kind of thrown in. They're perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, we should probably also mention that this song has a co-writing credit on it. Chris Anderson. Did you see this? Because I had no idea. I, I didn't know this either. You don't see that too much with them. Um, no. With, like, co-writing stuff. But he also helped uh, write uh, with Flans uh, the greatest... And also uh, two songs off the Escape Team, John Postal and Corrupted Lyle. So that's pretty interesting. So he's in People Are Wrong, a musical that Flansburg had some hand in too. I don't know too much about that. Do you? Not really. Yeah. M- Mucka Ferguson is quite the band name I'm looking though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What am I looking oh, at that's, that's interesting that he would have a co-writing credit on we live in a dump and then the greatest would have that would be a gap of 11 years yep or something like that wow mm-hmm. wonder wonder if he just kind of and then yeah with the escape team just kind of being dragged brought back into with both of it yeah huh. yeah so one song and then three more 11 years later <laughs> yeah hmm uh so getting to the Lyrics. Flansburg says that this song is about his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Something we can all relate to, I'm sure. I like. I love the beauty of that imagery of him writing it and demoing it, like we've been talking about, sort of in mm-hmm. that setting of just this <laughs> kind of disrupted and just chaotic apartment. Right. Just kind of looking around. Yeah. There's a like, bat oh, flying what? overhead. He's trying to <laughs> hit it with a tennis racket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what uh, uh yeah what do you make of these lyrics or what are your favorite uh your favorite parts i think my favorite has to be the allusion to the typewriter monkeys <laughs> uh i think it's something that on its own as a lyric is pretty funny and then thinking about the sort of that idea of the infinite monkeys writing on infinite typewriters they'll write shakespeare maybe one will write this song I, meantime, I never heard of what it was called before i was aware of it um this idea but i didn't know it was called the infinite monkey theory <laughs> i didn't the only reason that i found out about it originally was uh the simpsons and the the, yes. the, bl- the blurst of times which i already said we must play yes 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 yeah, so, so here's mr burns with He's only got a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters. There's a problem. That's true. This is a thousand monkeys working at a thousand typewriters. Soon, they'll have written the greatest novel known to man. Let's see. It was the best of times. It was the burst of times. You stupid monkey. Oh, shut up. 
<laughs> and and they're they're uh, attempting to write uh, Dickens' Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Worst of times. <laughs> they got pretty far for a thousand monkeys. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> like they're all smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's. That's a pretty fantastic way to start the song, right? He's he's just hanging out, right? He's being lazy yeah. while the monkeys type away. <laughs> Waiting in my room all day. Yeah. He's not he's not doing anything. He's just chilling. And uh I mean overall I like the lyrics positivity, you know, why be realistic and just kind of be all out and um sort of uh he has kind of that life supply of kind of bizarre uh plans that don't go exactly as planned but that's okay and uh yeah it's it's a very sort of positive doesn't sound quite positive song it it almost mm-hmm. yeah, at first glance seems kind of negative with that like why be realistic don't wake me from my dreams like oh you're just out of it but like yeah it's kind of <laughs> strangely upbeat given how <laughs> he lives in a dump and but he's he's it's almost like you're be proud of your dump right. hovel Ad- admit apartment. it's a dump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our friends are all nuts and half of them drunks. My favorite is if they're not nuts, they're retired nuts. Like that's their, that was their full-time job. They made a career out of being a nut and now they're retired. They can't be mutually exclusive. Like someone that's not, that's a nut can't also be a retired nut. They have to have been a nut or a retired nut. Can't be both. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah it's like i used to be nuts and now I'm, yeah yeah now i'm just retired something nuts. something else yeah <laughs> i'm on the i'm on the board of nuts but i'm not i'm just <laughs> sidestepping it i'm just kind of out of it <laughs> and then if we get to the double chorus at the end we get the lyrics about the bats <laughs> another uh yeah i think um god they mentioned bats in a bunch of things do they i'm do they mention bats in mammal as well yeah. Mm-hmm. okay yeah so at least at least two the cat prob- the bat yeah yeah so i wonder i wonder what he was alluding to I, if there's some deep metaphor about bats and like mold or if it's just literal bats or <laughs> well i think one good point that you know on occasion I'll, I'll wander into the interpretations tab on the wiki and someone mentions that another term for being crazy is having bats in the belfry and that mm. could have something to do with that. I thought that was a pretty good point. Yeah, we're living with bats. And <laughs> bats that lay eggs. <laughs> Which just makes me think about... Um, are, are you a Calvin and Hobbes fan? Yes. So, <laughs> Calvin does... He has to do a report on bats. And he keeps saying that they're bugs. And everyone keeps yelling back at him. Bats aren't <laughs> bugs. <laughs> <laughs> so here we've got a guy that thinks that bats I, I hear they lay eggs and when the eggs hatch <laughs> I'm just reading through I hadn't noticed this until now on this song I'm reading interpretation 6 about it being about several animals living in an apartment together <laughs> a and, wacky uh, animal sitcom <laughs> I don't know if you've seen uh, Weird Al's movie UHF Oh, yes. I've owned it on multiple formats throughout the years. Makes me think of uh, Raul's Wild Kingdom. (laughs) A sort of interpretation (laughs) sex seems like... (laughs) Uh, The ants, they spend weeks digging these intricate little tunnels. (laughs) You know, yeah? They really hate it when you do this. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like um, Interpretation 3. The This is the one I think that has the most interesting thing. In, in the wiki, it says that Linnell implies that it's a, a response, at least lyrically, to why did you grow a beard? Yeah. I don't... I listen to both, other than them being both on Caster Pod to the Wind... I don't see too much of a connection. I mean, maybe if you're in no. kind of a, a an apartment, you grow a beard, and or maybe Flansburg grew a beard on a break, <laughs> and Linnell was like, "Why, why'd you do this?" What and the then Christ? He said, well, this is what I did. <laughs> that was a good jump. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the why did you grow a beard? Yeah, I was listening to that earlier today too. I'm like, is there anything to this? I don't really think there is i mean it could be about you know two people who are just lazy but uh i don't there's not a whole a, a big connection here and then why did you grow a beard really doesn't have a whole lot of lyrics to no, grab could, on to either um though it does like, have the though it does have the animals rule this land that's true which could be about the bats i don't yeah i, don't know. I feel like you could pull as much connotation sort of out of anything on that like you could look at employee of the month of like oh he works in a crumb factory and maybe that's why he lives in a dump because he can't afford anything else and there's <laughs> kind of that can like i uh, it seems kind of grasping at straws for sort of that connection but definitely yeah that's something where i'm not sure exactly when stuff you know what it takes for something to jump from the interpretations tab to the trivia part because you'll see that you'll see that happen and that one i don't i don't i don't think there's enough evidence to support that yeah <laughs> yeah i never bothered to look up to uh, look up the um so when the eggs hatch you got to believe there's related madness from the lead that's in the ceiling wax. And I'm like, okay, I I never, I didn't think they were talking about the ceiling like above you. I knew it was something for for sealing things together, but I didn't put it together until just <laughs> bothering to look it up today. It's when people used to seal their envelopes all fancy by melting the wax and then put oh. in that put in that their whatever their brand into it their their logo. <laughs> Right, and hmm. the wax hardens and seals the the envelope. So, yeah, I don't know. He's um, he lives in a dump, and yet when he sends his letters, he gets real highfalutin about it, and he's got his, this seal sealing wax, but it's the old kind of sealing wax that has lead in it. I don't know why wax would ever have lead yeah, in it. I'm trying um, to think if he's living with bats, and the bats maybe the bats are in his head and. They lay mm -hmm. ideas that are eggs. Right. He writes the ideas in a letter, and then he sends it. <laughs> Just an off-the-cuff <laughs> interpretation. I send it that to is, myself. Yeah. That that's, is that's how you copyright that, something, right? <laughs> you just send exactly. a letter to yourself and you your idea. The, you have to put the wax on it or else it's not official. Mm -hmm. It's like getting a notarist, basically. It's just as good. <laughs> and these lyrics are great, and... and like you said, so much happens musically in a minute and 40 seconds. So much happens lyrically in a minute and 40 seconds, too. I mean, you even get... I mean, a song this short doesn't really have a bridge to speak of, but you get a double chorus with an alternate chorus lyric. Yeah. So there's... I mean, there's a lot going on here, and it's just... It took me a while to learn how to sing along to it, mainly because of how fast it goes by. 
Well, I like how the verses are kind of chill, right? The kind that go yeah. awry. But then, <laughs> then we're living with bats. What's good about that? I hear they lay eggs. And when they get attached, it's just, it's like really hard to go that fast. Yeah. And I, I think you like up until reading it a few weeks ago, I had always just thought it was, I hear they lay eggs. And when they attach, like, same. They, they attach to the ceiling or his body. Yeah. Something like that. And I yeah. had no idea it was, yeah. So you kind of get these these alternate interpretations just from that sort of speaking that fast and i thought that all this time too and i kind of i i think i'm sticking with attach i like attach yeah <laughs> right you know it's like alien or something like the the thing is inside <laughs> your body it's attached to you right and when they exactly. hatch you go mad even the more ceiling wax is all the uh, android <laughs> blood or something like that and you're even more mad than you were before Exactly. He's gone mad. <laughs> so good. Should we listen to uh, live versions? That Let's, sounds good. Yeah. Let's listen to the one that they put out officially on the uh, At Large. And that was At Large was recorded in fall of 2011. Let's listen to them play it here. It's a dump, my friends are all nuts, and half of them drunks, and if they're not stand, they're tired nuts, and that might be the hardest nut. What do you think about that live version? I liked it. Uh, I like what we were sort of alluding to earlier of you hear different instruments a lot more directly especially like the piano you can hear a lot more and the kind of like the da 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 and everything kind of comes through more and hearing the uh backing vocals with john linnell and presumably the rest of the band kind of filling in for those uh, yeah probably miller harmonies right yeah and you have a little bit of a different vibe to it it's a little bit more not aggressive but it's it's a little more energetic in the verses i think just everything live is going to have a little bit of that but you have sort of just more space with all the instrumentation i it's hard to describe because live stuff is always going to be a little bit more different but you have with everything more clarity because of just how it was recorded and you don't have the overdubs happening so you Mm -hmm. can really hear everything that's going on and it's a little bit faster. It has a little bit more kind of that high energy driving to it. Yeah, it's got some pep. Yeah. I'm trying to see, does it say where? Oh, just on the second leg. Hmm. Does it say where they were actually recorded? I do know I saw this tour, and I remember them playing it, <clears throat> them knowing the lyrics, I guess, off the wiki by then. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a really fun performance of it. Again, it's it's a surprising B side uh, that they've played more than a lot of stuff off Caster Pod to the Wind. Probably it being 
one of the most played ones I'm assuming off that and off sort of the podcast kind of older dial-a-song mid-2000s kind of extra sort of stuff. They've played uh, it live 134 times. Yeah, and, and I, I which is more than a lot of like full like proper album cuts of <laughs> songs of on episodes I've done lately. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think because I I've seen them a lot of times, uh, and I think I've heard them played at least three times. And yeah, there's a lot of songs that yeah, like you said, are off real albums. A lot of stuff off, you know the else and john henry and things that i've never heard comparatively and they, they must like it i i think to keep bringing it back or or consider it just fun to play mm-hmm. maybe maybe the kind of <laughs> is just really fun for them to kind of get to go all out and just sing really loudly and unabashedly but uh yeah live version overall pretty you know, faithful, straight-ahead recreation, not no jams, no spaced-out solos, none of that sort of... <laughs> that no, could be fun. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, yeah. I think that going the way kind of that we've been talking about the pop-punk thing, if they could do something like what they've done for, like, Black Ops or one mm-hmm. of those songs that they've done, like, a rock version of, I think it's it's time to bring it full circle yeah. <laughs> it's already a rock version make it really rock baby yeah <laughs> don't hold back and you messaged me just a little bit ago was there another live version that you found that you wanted to play there is a live version off uh the asbury park 2013 this might have been in like an ifc sort of download they sent out or something like that is it on youtube uh, now i'm not sure or you can send it to me I will send it to you. But the difference that comes about is there's a little bit more of uh, kind of a guitar lead in. There's mm. a little bit more doodling. It feels like they're a little bit more kind of comfortable in it than at large. Maybe when they had just kind of brought it back recently, um, they've kind of been messing with it. It's a little more sort of, yeah, it's more uh, normal feeling for them, probably more rehearsed and, and you said it would have been 2013? Yeah, the Asbury okay. Park. Yeah, send that over. 2013 live. Should probably look at They Might Be Giants. Probably just Asbury Park live 2013. Probably were not the only bands to play there then. At the Stone Pony, August 8th, which is okay. what I thought it would be. But yeah, I'll send that over and we'll, we'll get a get a listen. Oh, the tour with Moon Hooch. Hmm. Yeah, send that over, and then I'll edit this into... I'll fix it in post. Woo!
my parents are the ones that have subscribed to IFC, and they kind of just every time there's a download, they'll send them to me. So I, I lose track of why there's something, and then I'll look in my iTunes and like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> he totally says attach. Hold on, I'm listening again. What's <laughs> good about that? He definitely said, and then they attach. I wonder if the the thing that I mentioned about them actually looking the lyrics up, if they've since changed since they did that <laughs> and gotten like a different interpretation. I don't know. Because, yeah, yeah there, there was no lyric booklet for, uh, you know, the accompanying disc. Yeah, uh, so maybe it's just someone's not right guess that yeah. this, this podcast is cracking the mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> when they attach. Straight from Flans's mouth to your ears. <clears throat> so this one is even faster. Yeah, it's it's really energetic. I love the in the beginning kind of as you have the and then you have the guitar that comes in like right at the beginning. There's this little riff and uh, sort of more kind of syncopated offbeat guitar strumming and uh, yeah, Dan Miller must have really been kind of having fun with this one and. <laughs> yeah i i um yeah i think i like that version even more than the at large one yeah it's a it's a fun show that yeah, i think they only released a couple years ago or, or last year or something like that um but yeah kind of just even more <laughs> exciting like you said and uh i think will probably be my go-to live one but yeah that's great yeah that's great <laughs> and yeah, God, the harmonies that come in after that little, it's that pop punk jump I was talking about, right? Yep. <laughs> you gotta believe that. There's this, this, like, this three part harmony that screams in. It's just so fantastic. It feels like, uh, kind of like almost not like musical theater like, but almost like you have someone on stage doing a solo thing and then the rest of the ensemble kind of jumps out from the backdrop right <laughs> at the start. Boom. The whole thing going. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. Should we get to these couple covers I found? That'd be great. I listened I listened to both a little bit and they're both pretty different, which is fun. Yeah, let's listen to um I don't know if it's Easy Armor or Easy Amor or Ezamor, but we're on soundcloud.com slash easy A M O R. I'd like to I'd like to think it's like it's Easy love, easy yeah. amour, uh, and this Ezammer. is yeah, easy, easy amour. Uh, two years ago, uploaded this uh, piano instrumental version. What did you think of that? Felt like I was in like a a half full uh like diner on like New Year's Eve or something. 
being like uh, um, reminded of the the sadness surrounds me, but the joy that can be found. Uh, I don't know. It's a very bizarre song. I have to look back into uh, Easy Amor and see if there's more. Um, seems like an an interesting choice, other than the fact that there's piano on the original, but that's on almost every They Might Be Giants song. Oh, this this person it's, is all over They Might Be Giants stuff. Okay, I actually cool. just did, um, just recorded the Robot Parade episode, and they got played on there as well. There's all kinds of stuff, and it's not, not all just um, piano stuff. This one's kind of unique the other one it was kind of like a remix or something i don't know but there's all kinds of interesting stuff that this this person <laughs> is doing um oh this is you know what emilio zamorano is his name and i don't think i'm friends with him on facebook but i remember seeing him pop up yeah he's a dude he's in uh misc t facebook group and and such um, oh, I, think I've him, I think i've seen him post yeah 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 so yeah this instrumental version i think the curious thing is that he doesn't put the melody into it so it's a nice like chill karaoke version because there's like there's no melody yeah but he does put in the backing vocals (laughs) i mean you can't leave that part out but it's i know i I don't know why he left the uh the melody out of there yeah it feels like almost like yeah like a karaoke kind of asking to be used or something or covered over uh feels almost like if i didn't read it i might miss that it's that song by the lack of the melody like if it was just Mm. came up on a playlist and i was just kind of listening i would maybe not quite tune into it being a cover of it and just think oh it's eerily similar but sure and it's and especially when it gets to I mean, especially since there's no drums or anything like that, when it gets to the part that's the more kind of, you know, typical chord progression with the just, you know, D-A-G-A kind of thing, like that could be a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, just, you know, hey, guess what I'm playing on piano? D-A-G-A. I don't know, man. Is it Dylan? It could be it could be anything, you know? No, it's just, they might be Giants B-side. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's very it's pleasant. Sounds- it sounds good. It's recorded well. I would, you know, maybe put on a playlist of his to study to or something like that or listen to at, mm-hmm. if I want to calm down or something. It, it's really well done for what it what it sought out to be, I think, is the best thing I can say about it. I like it for that. It's not necessarily something I might listen to actively, but he did a good job yeah. transforming it. It's certainly different. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's sometimes important. Yeah, exactly. Then we've got Jordan Wysong, also on SoundCloud. And that's soundcloud.com slash Jordan dash Wysong is is W-Y-S-O-N-G. Let's check this out. i 
uploaded here on SoundCloud, which for some reason is him giving a big thumbs up with uh, a Buzz Lightyear figure giving a thumbs up next to him. Uh, it feels like uh, I apologize if uh, uh, Song ever hears this. This is not negative, but it, it sounds like exactly what I expected it would sound like from seeing kind of the Buzz Lightyear cover <laughs> and just thinking, okay, they might be Giants cover someone that I think also has covered more than they might be Giants. Like it just was kind of, it reminded me of like almost a college acapella type remix per, that might be done then just set to music. It was again, pretty good. This one's pretty hmm. faithful to the original. I think, um, the beats totally make it though. Yeah, it's, it's just it's like it's a breakdown the whole time. <laughs> I love the instrumental part is really cool. I think uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it just doesn't quite have the almost kind of a gr- like snarkiness that Flansburg kind of has throughout it. It's a little bit calmer. That maybe I just don't see it as much. I do. Yeah, the rhythm part is really good for it though, and I I think. It sounds kind of like something they might be giants might do, sort of an electronic kind of remix of it. And again, it's really well done. I'm I'm glad that both covers that we we picked for this are like nice sounding, well produced. You know, someone actually like does really well with it. Uh, he sings pretty well for it and mm-hmm. sounds good and. Yeah. I did find a couple others that were a little more kind of half-assed that I figured we'd just leave out. Yeah, I I think I think uh, that's probably for the for the best. Yeah, but kudos to both of them, uh, Ezammer and Wysong, uh, for doing such a kind of fun deep cut. I guess mm-hmm. uh, it's hard. True it's fans, hard. true fans. Uh, hopefully. Um, keep that trend going with everything else that you know keep keep doing music keep putting out these fun covers for tmbg fans to listen and overanalyze give uh yeah keep keep that buzz light you're going keep it amped up keep it amped up with some tunes see a fun music video using that or something <laughs> like that. where yeah but buzz is retired and he's just kind of you know living in squalor and let himself go yeah, lives in a dump. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I think it's come to the portion of the show where you must score this song. We live in a dump. But they might be giants. Ooh. What are you going to give this thing? I'm going to give... So, I want to see, are, there, are the rules dictating that it should be like a set, like a, a whole number? Now, you can use decimals. Okay, I will give it a 7.5. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm having trouble with this one because, again, it's like, I don't know, it's it's such a deep cut, which almost makes me want to 
like this awesome deep cut this should be you know a main cut not a deep cut it's so good makes me want to boost the score even higher i don't know i think it's you know flans at like his power pop best mm-hmm. um oh, it's so good and it is this and um i'm your boyfriend now off of cast your pot to the wind get you know almost as many plays as some you know of their biggest hits so i'm gonna ooh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a little higher than you which usually doesn't happen i'm gonna go 7.9 there we go yeah 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 i think i think i agree (laughs) for that that reason is the 0.5 alone in my score i think yeah i think i agree with you on on it's it's tougher yeah to kind of gauge this like greatness of the b-sides but i think if those had been like i'm your boyfriend now in this one had been on the else they would have fit in really well and felt like just yeah. a great part of that normal album and i think that's probably why I, I value it so highly. And I mean, maybe in many ways, because it's on Cast Your Pod to the Wind, which, well, it's it's pretty good, and it has a lot of songs I really love. Uh, it's not quite as uniform of an album, and that one is definitely one of the standout mm-hmm. tracks, which probably pushes it a little bit higher into me. Of it's definitely my favorite song on that, mm-hmm. and of those kind of assorted b-sides in general of songs that aren't on like a solid album from that era it's in the top like five for sure and yeah yeah so i think i think maybe the kind of uh low profile not being this big hit maybe that helps it and maybe that makes it kind of stand out a little bit more amongst everything as opposed to being compared to the the birdhouses and the the Mm -hmm. anna ings and the istanbul and all that sort of stuff (laughs) definitely so we are to the plugs portion of the show and you got a little band called sarcasm is that right that's right you did there was a there's a 50 50 chance that (laughs) the person who pronounces (laughs) it gets it gets it right sarcasm Uh, sarcasm does happen most i don't know why there's no such thing as a chasm uh but thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you. <laughs> yeah. You, but people do need to know it is spelled like yeah, like sar, and then a chasm, like you could fall into a chasm. Um, yeah. yeah, and you guys got uh, sarcasm. Yeah, s a r c h a s m dot bandcamp dot com. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. Uh, they might be covers. EP that you did. So we've done a lot of covers throughout the entirety of our band. We, that's what we kind of started out practicing together on as every band does. And Mm -hmm. we have played fest in Gainesville, Florida past, uh, not the last time they did it, but three years in a row before that. And we had done cover sets and we had done green day and Nirvana. And it felt like time to kind of really switch it up and do something that was a little bit more like for us or, for me and then the rest of the band would just go along with it <laughs> and we decided to we were going to do it in 2019 uh for fest ended up not being able to do fest that year but we were already planning on recording a selection of songs to sell along with the 
uh, show kind of have a little fun thing of like, hey, you, if you liked what we did, we did mm-hmm. we did some fun covers you can go home and listen to. Uh, that got pushed back, and then when COVID happened and we couldn't do touring, we thought, oh, well, we have this. Let's just put this out for one of the Bandcamp Fridays and do something fun and did a short little run of tapes. Tried to to make it as kind of straightforward, simple, kind of pick some songs that we thought people would want to hear, like Dr. Worm and iPalindrome, and do a few for us of the, I guess, deeper cuts, like Kiss Me, Son of God, Snowball in Hell, and um, I don't know where Subliminal really falls. Just, you know, kind of middle ground sort of mm-hmm. things. Yeah. It ended up being really fun. We recorded it in about two days. Uh, Shannon from the uh, Screamo band, Awake But Still In Bed, guested, did mm-hmm. a lot of, almost all the all the lead guitar, a lot of vocals, lead vocal on Subliminal. Uh, she's a massive, they might be Giants fan, the, probably the only person in like the Bay Area, Berkeley DIY punk scene that's a bigger they might be giants fan than me is Mm. shannon yeah (laughs) Uh, so this was something we had talked about on tour in 2019 when we when we were in bands that were touring together and yeah it was super fun uh mike park (laughs) who's been on this podcast uh he runs a studio in san jose called district recording and went there had some fun mike park came by and did the sort of sample vocal for Snowball in Hell. The, I didn't expect to see a worker drink coffee this day. <laughs> Why are you doing? And Because we wanted him to do something and he came in and was like, oh, this will be fun. We'll just have you do this. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and you just, know, I'm, I'm going to blame Bandcamp's search feature is not that great. I did the Snowball in Hell episode in December and in my searching Bandcamp your version did not pop up and thus did not get played. I would have loved to have played that. And that Mike Park cameo, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, such I, still have, I still have the, the paper plate that he like scribbled the, <laughs> the notes on in the hallway to do the vocals. I have that just kind of pinned on my wall as sort of this weird, like now I'm good friends with Mike, but at that point it was still kind of the beginning of a friendship and yeah. it was sort of like Star Trek of like, I just made Mike do the stupidest thing possible that I could have thought of. <laughs> he wrote it down. Um, Dude, me, yeah, me getting him to do in, in his hotel room, do a cover of everything right is wrong again from the hotel was the same deal for me. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. But I remember <laughs> the engineer, uh, Ryan, who recorded everything hates they might be giants and so we made him (laughs) we made him endure two full days of it yes i think a week after uh mike's band ogikubo station had recorded their dr worm cover Mm -hmm. and so he kept like grumbling when we did dr worm because it was just like back-to-back weekends of dr worm and that like solidified in his brain i'm shocked he ever let us record there again but that's amazing we had a ton of fun so which uh i'll play a little bit of one of these i was pretty fond of your dead cover just making that song loud i like that one that's the one that kind of kicked it all off we we started covering that one back in 2015 and have been doing it kind of as like a regular like 
for fun tour show cover. So I think that's that's probably the one I would pick too. All right. Sarcasm with dead. Groceries accidentally taken off the shelf before the expiration date. I came back as a bag of groceries accidentally taken off the shelf before the date stamped on myself. In a large procession, waved their torches as my head fell in the basket, and was everybody dancing on the casket? Now it's over, I'm dead, and I haven't done anything that I want Or I'm still alive, and there's nothing I want to do I'd done that episode with Hutch Harris of the Thermals long before this. You guys put this out, but um, let's play something. One of your originals off your uh, self-titled. I mean, you y'all just put out in October, right? Yeah, I think I want to play uh, the title or not title track. The first track, Wither in D, uh, which to me is very heavily. They might be Giants influenced uh, in terms of kind of the layering as much as fun stuff as possible and it has this weird synth kind of breakdown in the middle and i think that one is the wackiest sort of thing <laughs> and it's also one of one of my f- favorite songs off that album um so if i'm remembering yeah. correctly isn't this when it starts out in six eight but then it goes yes. into four four yeah i dig that a little uh you mm-hmm. know a little a little tech there without seeming too uh fancy about it just a cool little yeah cool little surprise there i'm like wait a second was that just an intro track now there's a new song no it was a time signature change yeah and then the layering three-part harmonies at the end with like kind of the swooping like long hold different lines sort of stuff it was i our ryan the same engineer who did the they might be done stuff called it like a a seizure in music of like just (laughs) he had to I mean, you as an as an engineer like know about like mixing and recording and everything. For those that don't, it's hard sometimes to balance the levels <laughs> when you put like twenty five tracks of stuff <laughs> happening at once, like two synths, an organ, five vocals, four guitars, <laughs> bass, drums, and just like everything as much as possible in the last like twenty seconds of that song, and then it it all cuts out really fast on just a single note and there's no held note or anything so i like how chaotic that song is so yeah, yeah. that's the best one first <laughs>
Okay. Nicely done. And I, yeah, I love thinking about that too. When you, when you're putting that many layers on something and you're like, yeah, like you said, it's like a 20 second section in a, in a two minute and 14 second song. You're like we're putting so much work into this song. That's just like, it's just, you know, there and it's over. And it's exactly. like, you know, most people don't realize just how much work goes into, you know, even, even you know making a punk recording no i know that that's that section i think took at least four four or five hours to kind of oh, nail yeah. down because it yeah. yeah especially just like all the vocals each of us taking breaks in between it and yeah the the hopefully people appreciate it even more now <laughs> and so mike put out uh the he released the physical versions on uh asian man is that right yeah he uh pretty amazing he, done the last two albums we've done four releases with him now it's super amazing to be part of it uh he's just a cool cool guy that lights putting out you know i i i will admit he, he does put out good music and that's part of what makes the label successful but like he also focuses on kind of what's fun and what's very community oriented and mm-hmm. appreciate that about asian man records and him and everything he's done for the community and the scene and and ska music and just everything in general. Yeah. And oh yeah, you know from my episode with him that I was trying not to be too much of a fanboy about it, but I I grew up on his stuff. I mean, it was the kind of catalog where I could just I'll order that. I'm sure it'll be good, you know, without yeah. even hearing it. And exactly. yeah, Asian Man Records is is still still like that. He's he's selective about what he puts out. Um, but if uh, he likes it, if Mike Park likes it. And he puts it out, you know it's going to be good. So, sarcasm, go get it, people. And go check it out on the Bandcamp. <clears throat> Sarchasm. Sarchasm.bandcamp.com. <laughs> Sarchasm. Bless you. So, uh, do you want people uh, to find you all on the social medias or you personally or uh, what, what, you know, a couple quick uh, sure. Quick tags here? Yeah. If you want to look up sarcasm. It's like uh, at sarcasm band on everything, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Lava Socks. I don't post much. I would follow my band. I also run a record label called Lava Socks Records that puts out fun, random stuff, puts out my band sometimes. It's done some stuff with Asian Man, too. And Are you on Twitter I'm, and Lava Socks, too? I am on Twitter. 
Twitter as Lava Socks. That is correct. I tweet Perfect. more than I do most things, probably. But <laughs> I post dog photos on Instagram that are quality dog photos. So there you, you go. See some cute huskies. <laughs> go to my Instagram. I do. <laughs> Cool. People can find This Might Be a Podcast on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff too. And leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930 or send me an email. This might be a pod at Gmail. If you really like the stuff, go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Uh, I think the next bit of Patreon swag we're going to be making is some magnets. That seems to be what the people want in this little poll I did. And I just re-upped on some of the stickers too. So uh, people get on over there. Alex, that was a lot of fun, man. I feel like if we lived in the same town and there wasn't some virus going on, we'd, uh, we'd be hanging out all the time. I agree. That was super fun. Thanks so much for having me. I've been this ah man, geeky nerddom perfection. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. What's good about that? I hear the eggs, and when the eggs hatch, you gotta believe that there's related madness from the lead that's in the ceiling wax. We live in a dump. I mean it's a dump. Our friends are all nuts. 